All right, who wants to take the lead in the opening segment? You do, Kevin. Yeah, you do. I do. <laughs> yeah, you do. I do. You do. Me. You do. Aww, that man. voodoo. Oh, you man. do. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 55 and my name is Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolery. Hey everybody. And John Hines. Hello. And we are back as always to talk about some video games. I don't, I, as I don't even know why I try. Yeah, we're, <laughs> I don't know why I try with these intros. I, I'm starting over again. By <laughs> what? No, you're not. Oh my God. I just, I gotta say something other than we're back as always to talk about some video games. You know what? It, no, we're keeping just, this and we're going. <laughs> <laughs> if you never, oh, if you man. never, if you can't think Ooh. of anything better to say, then this is the best you got. Don't say, don't say it at all, all. Kevin. Yeah. If you got, yeah, if you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. But uh, I guess, okay. Well, I'll find an edit point somewhere in there, and we can go <laughs> no, with you that. Won't. But uh, <laughs> I'll try my best. But uh, but yeah, we're back as always to talk about some video games. And uh, right. I, after last week, you know, we t- I talked about some Yoshi's Woolly World, and I kind of. I guess I was kind of mixed on that game, and then I kind of tossed a little shade at uh, Yoshi's Island. Not like hard shade or anything, but I feel like I was kind of dismissive of that game a little bit, Hmm. of like its soundtrack or something. I I don't know. When I was listening back at editing, I was like, I don't feel like I remember being that negative when I was talking, but I felt like I came off a little more negative. Uh, But I've actually, on the uh, Switch Online service, I've actually been playing uh, Yoshi's Island, and I'm through like the first world and a half. Nice. So I'm actually about exactly as, as far as I was in Yoshi's Woolly World. And uh, I kind of have the same complaints, though, that I have about uh, I, I think they just try to pack too much into these games. You know, they they just kind of like there's so many again, like a, to get 100 percent. I've oh, just geez. again, I'm not even so I'm not hard. trying to do that. It's not even fun <laughs> so to try hard. to do. Yeah, especially like the boss battles, like some of them I might skate by and like get a few like if you can throw some eggs real quick and knock out the boss without taking a hit and without even really moving. Right. You know, you might get lucky. But some of the bosses, it's like I'm ticking down. I have like five stars at the end of the level or, you know, with your health. And of course, you got baby Mario crying and screaming every time you take a hit. (laughs) Um, And that's super obnoxious. (laughs) It's not any less obnoxious. I was like, oh, maybe it's not as bad as I remember. It's like as bad or worse. Um, And you can't control the, the sound effects levels or anything thing like that but uh, you know it's it's super charming but they there's just a lot of that they reuse a lot of the same songs it's really repetitive they're catchy tunes but they're they're just kind of sparse those are great songs though man those are they're pretty really good, good but, tracks but they really there's only been like four songs so far really? in the game and like oh, wow. and they're really they're really like empty sounding i you know they're really it's like because it's that super nintendo soundboard i guess but like i don't know like su- the super mario world soundtrack just like I don't know. Maybe it's just because I like that game more, but like, I don't know. I, f- I feel like they just didn't quite know what game they wanted to make with Yoshi's Island and, and in turn with a lot of the Yoshi's uh, or w- with a lot of Yoshi's games in general, because I just feel like there's like they're super exploratory. But like once I there was a couple levels where like I died a couple times and I was just like, screw it. I, mean, I don't care about the red coins. I don't care mm-hmm. about even trying to like, you know, find some of the hidden paths because I still try to you know, mine the levels and search around. I'm just like not going to kick myself if I don't find every last thing. Yeah, you can. But, uh, 
But it's just gotten to the point where like after I've died a few times and I'm just like, I don't care. And I start speed running or not speed running, but I'm not really concerning myself with hitting every little cloud box and every little, you know, switch and trigger. It's like that. That's kind of fun to just kind of speed through the levels. But like there's just I don't know when you're like morphing into a mole cart and then you're like turning into baby Mario with the cape and running upside down and speeding around like Sonic. It's Uh like it's super cool, but it's like. I don't know what you guys have both played this game, right? Because I, I played oh, through yeah. the whole thing on Game Boy Advance, but this is my first time actually playing it like in in earnest on the Super Nintendo, or at least like you know in its original form. Oh wow! Um, yeah, um, I have the original cartridge, but yeah, I never really like I bought it more in my collecting phase than my actually playing games phase. So. That makes sense. Yeah, those are two <laughs> separate phases for the both of yeah. us. Yes. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little later. I think. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I, I like Yoshi's Island quite a bit. I mean. But I, I was also the type to try to feel the pain of doing the hundred percent on levels. And there was one time in my life where like, I'm going to get a hundred on every level. And that didn't last very long, but <laughs> it was a thought that I had at one point before it became unsustainable by like the end of world two, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like yeah. it's just, especially cause it's just, again, like it's, Cause some of those challenges are based around exploration and some of them are based around not taking any damage, you know, or one of them is at least, you know, and there is no, it's not like you can do the full health run separately and then do the 20 coin run independently. It's like, cause that would actually be kind of cool. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm just going to burn through these. I think that would actually, for me personally, make the game a lot better. Right. Um, But I, I, I shouldn't complain too much. Like I, again, I'm, I'm coming off overly negative on these Yoshi games cause they are fun. They are charming. I love the art style, the kind of crayon, um, look to it. It's a I little sharper than I remember style. actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I like it a lot too. I kind of remembered it looking more like Kirby's dreamland three, like that really soft, like outline and everything, but it's really like, it's got, everything's got like really bold, like almost like comic book or coloring book yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. outlines to it. It looks like a coloring book. Yeah. That's a probably a better way to put With it. Like, just like just crayons, sharp sprite pixels. I love the look yeah. of that game. Oh Yeah. And just like, yeah, the softer, like kind of pastel colors. It's mm-hmm. it's great. You know, I, I really have been enjoying that. And then uh, I guess kind of to just kind of twist off of that in sort of in a way, because I'm playing this on the uh, uh, Switch Super Nintendo service as well. Uh, and Yoshi did get slapped onto this game in the U.S., <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> in uh, in Tetris Attack. Yeah. And it I'm wasn't guessing... just Yoshi that got slapped onto that game. So did the name <laughs> yeah. Tetris for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And I'm guessing that's why we got Panel de Pan. Yes. Because, uh, you know, of course, Nintendo has the rights for the Yoshi stuff, but... I don't think they wanted to shell out for that Tetris license. Correct. So we, got the, uh, we, we got the Japanese import <laughs> of Panel to Pond, but it's the same exact game. I still, you know, I, I got to say I'm a little bit frustrated that I, I just can't believe they don't have like a translation for the menus in the games. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like that would be a pretty easy thing to do or at least have like a menu like on the main like yeah, uh, hub true. screen of the, you know, like if you could just. Could they have like that extra info button? I think if you hit X when you're looking at a game like on the Super Nintendo menu, yeah, and then it'll tell you like how many players and how many times you played it in like a little brief history of the game. Like for those Japanese games, I feel like they should put something in there that just kind of hey, this is like versus mode, this is yeah, time that's a attack, good call. this is just something. don't have to integrate it with the actual game itself, like just have yeah. it as like an additional screen, yeah, right? Like, little overlay or something, like that would be that hard, <laughs> right? That's true. 
Yeah. So, th- so that was like, a, I mean, it's, there's only a handful of options. It was pretty straightforward. It's like, okay, I guess this is the, see how long I can last mode. And this is the mm-hmm. like battle, you know, versus the computer. This is kind right. of the campaign mode, but like for the campaign mode, which is what I put the most time into, um, I actually got almost all the way to the end, but it is getting so <laughs> freaking hard. Like within, like if I don't get like a combo match, I'm on like level five of six. Like there's like, or like, I don't know, there's like five different like worlds that you have to or six different worlds that you have to battle through um, that have like five levels each. And it keeps just kind of speeding up. And this is like the Puzzle League series. You know, if you're not familiar with the franchise, the blocks just kind of rise up from the bottom. Yeah. Nothing like Tetris at all. Nope. And then you just control a cursor <laughs> and you basically in this game, at least you can just swap them, you know, left and right. You can't like switch the cursor vertically or anything like that, which that's the it's same just, as the other Puzzle League games. Yeah, I guess the the only other one I've ever played was uh, on the uh, DS Planet Puzzle League, I think it was. Yeah. And with the touchscreen, you could like grab them only left and right, but you could like slide them all the way across the screen hmm. in like one swoop, which was kind of cheap. played Pokemon Puzzle League, Kevin. Don't even act like you Oh, yeah. It. I guess I just never owned it. I never owned it. So I haven't like put like the hours in. I've made yeah, you got, play that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, handed it, you handed it to me a couple times. Um but yeah, I just, uh, I, it's just a super addicting suit. You know, the soundtrack is the exact same soundtrack from, you know, I do have Tetris attack on my super Nintendo and it is one of the games that I've put a lot of time into, uh, you know, on the cartridge, Oh yeah. but it's the perfect game to have on your switch. Like I'm so happy they released this and I know you put a tiny bit of time into this Randall uh, yeah. and you're obviously you've played Tetris attack too. So yeah. Are you, uh. As excited as I am, because I we got to go head to head. We do. We have to go head to head so that I can beat you. Um, Tina and I played <laughs> yesterday some head to head too, and I'm like, oh, yep, here we go. This is this is Puzzle League. It is exactly that, um, and that's cool. Like, it's it's obviously has uh, aesthetic differences from Tetris Attack, where you're playing as all the cute Yoshi's Island characters, or Pokemon Puzzle League, where you're playing as the trainers and their the po- their Pokemon that shout their barks over and over again (laughs) which i gotta say pokemon puzzle league is more fun for that reason but Mm -hmm. um, still like panel day pond has its own charms um it's mostly uh, a collection of kind of different like fairy characters i guess you would say they kind of that's that's what i would say yeah. yeah and then there's some other uh like alternate characters too like you could be like a dragon or something like that um but yeah it plays just like you would expect and it's exciting because it's on the switch online super nintendo service so yeah you can play online and it is available whenever you want on your switch and there is no other puzzle league that's available on a modern platform so that's a big deal um, oh wow yeah <laughs> which is kind of it's crazy but it's yeah it's the only one yeah but it, it and it is cool because yeah like the game like we talked about like other than the ds version having a slight different control scheme like every game has been basically the same yep. so it's you're not really missing much <laughs> yep. you know the presentation's nice and clean. Yep. If I, again, we, lo- we at least you and I ran away. We all like retro pixel art stuff. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it just looks it looks great to me, like really vibrant colors. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just feels good. It is a little tough to set up combos in this game for me. Like I'm I really have a hard time like getting a good string of like actual like chaining things together, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like it's because you can only shift blocks sideways. It's kind of hard to. I don't know if get, get anything going at least for me, but I'm, I'm never that good time, but it is difficult to set up on yeah. purpose. I'll give you that. It, 
I got to kind of fall into it. It's like, yeah. I'll see like, oh, I could do that. But I, I kind of luck into like, it's already halfway set up for me or something. Yeah. So, but I would say it's between, you know, this panel de pond slash puzzle league or, um, puzzle fighter as like my favorite competitive puzzle games. Like that's like, it's on that tier for me. So I was definitely psyched because yeah, I've never played the original panel de pond and now it's available. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah, it was really cool to see like all the original artwork and stuff because yeah, yeah I'd only ever played Tetris Attack, so right, um, yeah, yeah, and it does like for a game that doesn't feel that fast paced. Like if if you were to just like watch video of it, like in a not frantic mode, like you just see the blocks moving up like really yeah. slowly, <laughs> like and the cursors just like you know, yep. chirping a lot. Like it makes this a little like ding yep. ding when you move it a lot. Like it just seems like the most leisurely game. But yeah, like the part I'm in, like again, if I don't get a combo within like five seconds oh, it's yeah. over it, oh, yeah. i'm dead immediately it's oh, crazy yeah. yep um but yeah I'm, I'm having a really good time with that so i i have played a few other things but i've been talking too much um john what have you been uh playing with your uh downtime this week so i picked this game up when it was on sale for i think 50 percent off uh, and i'd had my eye on it for years now uh, okay. but i've been playing a uh, dragon's dogma dark arisen oh, on the switch Nice. And is that is that a port of a previous game or is it a new yes. game on no, the Switch? It's or? it's a port of I think a PS3 game. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, yeah, it came out years ago, but like most games, like I'm playing it for the first time because now it's finally <laughs> on a Nintendo system. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I had been wanting a uh, an action like open world RPG for a while. Uh, I haven't had one come across that's really like gotten its teeth in me. That's not Skyrim for like the hundredth time. (laughs) Um, So I was pumped to like try something new. And I, I think I made the mistake like at the very beginning being like, I'm going to be a magic class. And like right from the start, I was just getting like destroyed. (laughs) And this is like before, like I, maybe it wasn't before, but it was, before Capcom decided autosaves were a good idea. Oh, no. So it was just, like, me dying and then losing, like, an Uh, hour's worth of progress. Which is maddening and, like, a really good way to, like, have me not want to continue playing Correct. (laughs) (laughs) So it took me a while. Like, I had been dipping in and out of this game for a minute now. And, like, it finally... I finally got to the point where I've, like, grinded enough levels or like learned enough skills where like it's actually being fun at this point <laughs> you like, stuck with your magic man oh i stuck with that magic man <laughs> i got pawns to go into battle and actually do the dirty work um but yeah i i, I did a couple of like the main quests and i've been moving a little bit further along and i'm starting to get the hang of it starting to get more powerful spells Still haven't done a ton of like side quests and stuff, but I, I really like the like environment and like I think I just realized that like your inventory, like one, weighs you down. A lot of stuff is not really communicated in this game. <laughs> There's just a billion different mechanics and like they kind of all just are there. Mm-hmm. And I think also there's like a time lapse on the items because like my inventory is full of things like rotten berries oh wow. i was like oh cool oh, no. <laughs> glad that like 
uh, all the things that I had like picked up that were I thought were useful have become garbage <laughs> because I didn't use them within like a time frame. Yeah, and I don't know if I hoard all that kind of stuff right, too of until I'm like, oh, I got to save these for later. Right, yeah, I pick up know? literally everything in every game, so of course <laughs> I'm still like banging my head against it and trying to figure out mechanics without like I don't know looking anything up. Like I went into the game blind, basically just off of like. Oh, I know like certain people like love this game and it's supposed to be really good. And right. I picked it up for 50% off. So like, I'm not angry at anyone for that. So like, I'm, I'm making my way through it, but it's been a trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like compare? Like, it's kind of like a dungeon crawler. Like, is it, cause I, is it, was it meant to be co-op or, cause I think I confused this game with, didn't Bioware come out with a similar Dragon Age. game? Dragon Age, yeah, yes. I always get those two games mixed up. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's less RPG ish than it's more like an action game or kind of. It feels it definitely feels like a Capcom action game. Like uh-huh. I I definitely get the feeling of like it being like kind of more not button mashy per se, but mm-hmm. like definitely more action oriented and like RPG. Like there's very little i think customization beyond like what skills you unlock and like what attacks you are like focusing on like i picked my class and then like i've been leveling up and i've had no control over like what stats are increasing or like anything Hmm. beyond that so like i've just been like well i keep using the fire spell i'm gonna use the upload that i was like oh but i like the lightning spell because it automatically targets enemies i'll upgrade that then, right yeah that that's kind of where the customization has been for me so yeah but yeah I, okay. I'm, I'm enjoying it it's uh, like i i feel like it's halfway between i don't know a dark souls and a bayonetta <laughs> 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 okay okay i mean that probably appeals to a lot of people yeah, I would yeah. Think. like at least it's you can not kind of as... shut your brain off a little bit compared to something like a dark souls potentially mm-hmm. at least once you get yeah to yeah level, it sounds like yeah I, it, it has like the deliberate like degree of dark souls where like i was like all right i'm not just going into every like encounter like sword like flinging around like i still have to like make sure that there's enough distance between me and the enemies and like like figure out their attack patterns but like it's not as involved that like i can't also just be like "Eh, i'm just gonna go in there and just keep casting fire spells (laughs) until this (laughs) thing dies yeah, eat a bunch of these rotten berries and oh yeah, <laughs> I Hide finally figured out spells. <laughs> I can like uh, uh, regenerate my health in battle because I was like, God, I like my healing spell like won't heal me to like full health, and I was like, Oh, I have items I can use. <laughs> Never use items; you'll need them for later. No. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, what about you, Randall? What have you been uh, messing around with in the little bit of time you've had uh, around family time? Besides Panel de Pan, um, Kevin, you were threatening to play Time Spinner. You didn't really follow through with that, but I took your threat oh, seriously. You, that's no. That I've already so. played some. I've already played some <laughs> weeks ago. I already forgot about that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I did play some a couple weeks ago. I was, I was actually kind of waiting for you. So I'm glad we're, we'll probably be kind of in sync here. Yes. So, you know, in, in time, uh, around family, I was like, yeah, let me, let me get into this time spinner a bit. And I did, I will say I'm already stuck, which is not <laughs> great. I've been stuck for like the last 45 to an hour, uh, of playing oh, this man. game, which is not, yeah, 
How um, far are you into the game? I'm I'm probably about like two hours in. I would say I I, I have not gotten stuck yet, but I haven't really gotten that far either. Yeah, I probably like four hours. I want to say okay. Um, and I there's a lot I enjoy about it. I think the soundtrack is like they perfectly nailed the like '90s CD type of soundtrack. Yeah. It's like, it's it's got its own like atmosphere to it where it's like borderline corny but also really good like it's it's good i i like it quite it's a bit. awesome yeah i really like the vibe like it, it feels like a souped up like super nintendo jrpg soundtrack kind of which is kind of like to me it, i don't know it just has like those soft like kind of strings you know that come yeah. in like that bump up 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 like I, I don't know i really like how it sounds yeah i, I, do I love the soundtrack and the pre- the presentation in general like it is like a a really nice looking game it's from chucklefish and mm-hmm. yeah they they usually do a nice job with their stuff yeah i think we mentioned before that it's it kind of has a similar look to it to to chasm as far as like how yeah. zoomed in mm-hmm. it is with the character and, and things like that where i'm like oh okay like that made it an easier transition to kind of get into this game um so yeah uh about four hours in i i mean i i got stuck but i'm still having a really good time um they're definitely going for the symphony of the night thing they're they're not <laughs> bashful about that whatsoever um to the point where it's like there's enough of its own identity there but they are leaning hard into it like even like the level up font like that's like practically pulled out of symphony of the night Hmm. um but it's good. I don't have a ton. I, I don't have a ton of experience with symphony of the night i've only played yeah. like a tiny tiny bit way yeah. back in the day but yeah it, it, i didn't that didn't catch me you know i wasn't like oh this is kind of ripping off so sure. that's interesting yeah <laughs> no and but i'm still having a good time i'm gonna see it through because like i own this game physically and everything else um if i can get past this part where i'm stuck and i think i know what i need to do but i don't think i can do it so i'm trying to figure out why hmm. i'm being so stupid but we'll find out maybe i just didn't have a fresh enough brain when i was playing it at that point it's one of those things maybe i need a couple of days away from it to come back and then i'll figure it out in two seconds but we'll see (laughs) so how many how many different weapons have you found so like one of the main gimmicks or whatever you want to call it in this game is that you get like these different orbs that you carry yeah you hold one in each hand and like the first ones you start out with are just kind of like these blue orbs that just have like pretty limited range it's almost like a melee attack and then at least for me the second one i got was like a green like sword that i preferred over the orbs because it kind of like does like an like a 45 degree yeah. like arc slash so you can kind of like hit enemies yep. yeah if there's like a bat or something like swooping down at you you can kind of jump and swing it yeah um and also when you use like your magic attack with that sword <laughs> you have this like just giant oh, yeah. blade that, like reaches all the way to the top of the screen it's almost a screen clear like yep. not quite but i mean it is like yeah it's it's huge but yep. it's i really like that but have you found more weapons beyond that or more orbs yep i've got some fire orbs um and it's kind of cool too, where if slight spoilers, I guess, but like the fire orbs weren't just another uh, attack, but also a way to like uh, clear some brambles that were blocking your path uh, to go into mm. other sections. So like <laughs> some of that happening too. Um, and then there was another like skull orb or something like that that I got that's just like basically like more damage. Um, yeah. And it's nice too, cause yep. you get three different like loadout opportunities that you can flip between quickly on the shoulder buttons or you yeah. have one that's got the blue orbs, one that's got like that green orb sword thing. And then I've got one with the skulls or whatever, um, just to have all of them available to me to kind of flip between for whatever reason. 
and I think you can even mix and match too. Like you can have like this is my primary orb, yep, and then my hand. secondary is a fire orb. You know, even yep. though I'm using the sword and my main uh, hand. So yep, yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool too. Again, I'm not quite as far as you. I, now that you mentioned the fire orbs, I think I just got those, and that's right where I stopped. Okay, I was like I got the fire orbs, and then that's that's about how far I got. But yep. I really like just yeah the presentation. The story does seem like. You know, it's it's just like thought out. It's not just like yeah. I don't know the the dialogue, like opening little cutscene. It wasn't like overly drawn out, but it like got me invested in playing the game. Yeah, I'd agree you know, with that. They like, kind of lean into the story a little bit. That that is a differentiation compared to a lot of these games. That this there's a little bit more story happening here, and and even more if you want like the lore of it, where you're picking up items that kind of yeah. have even more backstory that you can read if you want to, which is cool. Yeah. And I, but for what it's worth, I think it's a very good balance because some of these games go a little too heavy on the like dialogue. Like I haven't played much Owl Boy or, uh, what was that other game? Uh, it's like, I really know you play that, like, uh, she's got like a wrench and it's Iconoclast. more like a puzzle. Iconoclast. Yeah. yeah like nice. I've, I've heard that like there's just tons and tons and tons of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like you're just sludging through it, you know? Um, and this, this, at least up to the point I've played has not felt overly egregious. Oh no. Yeah. I agree um, with that. Yeah. Good balance that way. Yeah. Well, uh, one more thing that I've been playing and I guess it'll kind of lead into the retro conversation we're going to have, uh, at the, you know, back half of this podcast here. Uh, actually I didn't expect to play all the way through this. Uh, I mentioned on our anniversary episode that Glenn and I, uh, were working on a video game, our buddy Glenn and I, mm-hmm. and uh, I was kind of, I've been working on some of the music for it. And I was like, you know, what better to get some inspiration from than Shovel Knight? So I was like, nice. let me listen to some Shovel Knight because like all my stuff, like I'm pretty happy with how the chiptunes are turning out, but they're like, they all are like, I don't know. I, I don't have that. Like, I can't get that rhythmic sound. Like all my bass sounds are just kind of like, let me just ring out that note and hold it out as like if it's a chord or something, which <laughs> I like, but like. You know, Shovel Knight's got these, even like the little yacht club, you know, ditty when you start up the game has got like, there's like all this crazy percussion going on. It's like, whoa, man. So anyways, I put like headphones on while I was playing. I actually did a little stream of it as well. I like recorded the first chunk of playing and I actually ended up beating the game today before. And it's, you know, I really liked the structure of this game. Uh, I talked to DJ a little bit about it because he was like, oh, I feel like uh, Spectre Knight is like the perfect, almost a perfect game. I personally will say I, I prefer King Knight like heavily over Spectre Knight. It's probably actually my least favorite that I've played so far. Spectre Knight is? Um, yeah, wow. I, I found I found it to be really finicky more than any of the other uh, Shovel Knight games where like because one of your abilities is to wall run and any time you even like clip the side of a wall that you're able to wall run on, you do like just stick to it and start running up it. And like I just found myself like... I don't know. And, and it was probably the easiest of all of them as well. I haven't played uh, Plague Knight, but I hear that that's one of the more difficult. Oh, ones. yeah, I would. But agree I, I just like <laughs> I only died on one boss throughout the whole game. Um, Jeez. One time, like, I, I mean, again, I didn't go for 100 percent everything, but like every boss, they're just like with that little like, you know, with King Knight, uh, you have both both characters kind of have like a similar like attack where you're moving, like you're charging forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spectre Knight's more so not all of your attacks, but when you're in the air, you're kind of doing this like diagonal slash. Right. That goes, you know, either upwards or downwards diagonally through an enemy or through a projectile or, you know, just through little level puzzle things. Yeah, and, it's uh, almost like a jump kick or something that you can do like up or down. 
would be a good way yeah. of like and describing it, it, that. Yeah, the, yeah, like in uh, almost like Turtles in Time, right? Like when you're just like jumping and doing like that long kick. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's and it does feel great to like when you have like an enemy that you're like above and you can keep like downward yeah. diagonally just slamming into them. But like I found for like a lot of the bosses, I just pretty much just spammed that and just plowed through them. <laughs> um, and the one thing I, I find too is both I found this with King Knight as well. Like I pretty much don't use any of the magic items in in these games. Hmm. They made they wow. made sense for me in Shovel Knight um, because you don't really have a ranged attack of any kind. But like, and I guess you don't really have like a ranged attack per se as King Knight. But because you can kind of chart, you can attack from a ra- a distance. You right. know, you can you can cover ground while right. you're attacking. And I just find that like I I don't know I, I other than like using like you get like a health thing <laughs> that yeah I mean I'm chugging those potions. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm refilling <laughs> my will all the time. But like as far as like the boomerang or like all the different power ups, I you get too many of them, and it just it seems like it's just kind of like they <laughs> felt like they had to put all that stuff in there. Wow. Um, because it was in Shovel Knight or something. I don't know. It just didn't feel necessary. I didn't use any of them. I, um, I definitely used a ton of them in I think both Spectre and Plague Knight. Like I beat Plague Knight, and I definitely used like some of the items, especially for like platforming challenges. Yeah. But no, I I think I I use the sub weapons heavily, but that also might just be like like Castlevania second nature for me. Yep. Where same. like I and I needed <laughs> yeah. to like vary my attacks based on the situation, like just out of habit. Yep. Yeah, that that's interesting because I while I was playing this, I was thinking like, and not that I'm the first person to say this by any means. We might have even said it on the podcast before, but like they the Shovel Knight series really is a great mixing of mega man and castlevania like oh yeah to me it just even though you're not doing a ton of shooting in in shovel knight just the way it feels like to platform around feels more a little more mega manny to me but like the combat feels very castlevania mm-hmm. um i i don't know i i i i don't know I've, I've had some like nitpicks here and there but i overall really love the game i actually really loved how you know, I, I do like the overworld in the original Shovel Knight and in King Knight, but like I kind of liked how this one you just like you have your hub world and you just kind of p- go to this mirror and you pick what level you want to play um, in any order that you want. Kind of more like Mega Man, you know, right? Um, except for like the last couple levels. But yeah, I, I had a really good time playing this game, uh, which is no surprise. I'm not, you know, no news here. Shovel yeah. Knight's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I had a really good time playing Spectre Knight. Again, just a tiny bit disappointed because it seemed like this one was like a, a favorite of people's. And I was just like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm going to love this one. I've loved everything else. So this is going to be like the best of the best. And right. I found it to be just like, yeah, again, maybe just going in with that expectation led me to that. But uh, that's fair. That's really you know, I, I don't need to say much else about it other than, yeah, it's just awesome. It is one of the few that you can buy separately, too. You know, if you don't have the whole Shovel Knight package, you know, a lot of times it goes on sale for like five bucks. So. Yeah, for some reason, I I think it's because it was like early eShop days and I was just excited about the Switch and like the Treasure yep. Trove Complete wasn't out yet. And I was like, I knew I was going to buy the physical Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. So I'm like, ooh, look, you know, it's Spectre. Let me grab that while it's on the sale just so i've got another digital game on you know my switch so yeah. i bought that for that reason before every game imaginable came out on switch <laughs> <laughs> in, yeah in the subsequent years <laughs> well anyways i i could pretty much wrap that up there and i think we can just go into our kind of retro general retro conversation i don't know exactly how we're going to frame this yeah. we're going to just kind of see where it goes that's right but uh, randall kind of suggested wanting to uh having some thoughts about this retro stuff retro in the current era i guess or yeah 
So like th- this was sparked in my head from something that you mentioned, Kevin, like maybe about a month back at this point where you're like, man, I've been living in this apartment for like five years and I still haven't hooked up any of my retro stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I've, <laughs> I've been here for a while too. And I still haven't hooked up most of my retro stuff. And it got me thinking like, why is like, obviously there's, there's the whole barrier of like setting up stuff in general can be a pain in the ass and time consuming and makes mm-hmm. you all sweaty yeah. and irritated. Like I get that, but like, well, there's gotta be more than that. Like we love these games. We've bought a ton of these games. Like what's, why isn't the impetus there to do something about it? But yeah, then I, I mean, got- at your place back in, at your place back in Ferndale, I mean, you have oh, a yeah. room dedicated to oh, yeah. like, this is the, not only the game room, like this is the retro game yes. room. Like we'll play the, we'll play the Wii in the other room yes. in the living room. But like this room is for my game collection and all my retro stuff to yes. be actively hooked up with a proper CRT TV, you know, it was like, we were hardcore, man. (laughs) In in multiple of, of, uh, my living arrangements, there's, I've been lucky enough to have like, yeah, a dedicated retro shrine. It was that important to me. And yet here I am now and it's still not hooked up, you know, after so long. And I'm, and I was thinking, you know, the, the heyday of that for me. And I think also for you, Kevin was, you know, 10 years ago or so. And but 10 years ago or so, it was a completely different world as far as like the video game industry was concerned. You know, you go back to 10 years ago and maybe Xbox Live Arcade, you know, was was finally doing things that were more in the retro vein. But for about 10 years prior to that, you know, the whole video game industry was like basically fuck these retro styled like 2D anything for that matter. And, you know, we're just moving forward and moving forward meant clunky 3d games of all types. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And I I needed to fill that somehow. And, you know, retro games at that time were extremely affordable on top of that. And, you know, it was so much fun to, to find these, you know, hidden games that you hadn't heard about or couldn't get access to when you were younger or couldn't buy regardless. And, you know, there was a whole fun thing along with that because it was so cheap that you could take a risk on some weird game that you saw once or twice. Uh, and that was fun for what it was, but then I guess as years have gone on and, you know, all the folks that were our age then and grew up with some of this stuff and didn't see these games for so long, started making those games again. And, you know, now in modern days, post Xbox live arcade with, you know, super meat boy and, uh, you know, all the Fez and all these other games that came out at the time to now now there's just like an unlimited amount of these indie games that were obviously inspired by the retro games from the 16 and 32 bit days and you know now you probably would never be able to play all of them so like that itch yeah. has been scratched <laughs> that's one of my theories for for why that you know there was not the impetus to run right back to the retro stuff as much as there was before i i think you're right on the money because I, I was thinking the exact same thing and and even you know obviously there's stuff like shovel knight that is like trying to be like pretty much you know as true to the retro yeah. you know they're they're going a little beyond what the nes was capable of but they're of really trying to like give you that pure sense of nostalgia yep but a lot of the even that game you know but it uh has a lot of quality of life improvements Absolutely. you know but a lot of so that that's a huge thing is like i can get these retro the the same 
experiences or similar experiences, but with all kinds of added features, whether it's just something as simple as like a a save state on the Switch Super Nintendo service, like literally actually playing retro games. But um, how many times can I say literally tonight? But uh, (laughs) but yeah, like actually playing retro games there, like that's an awesome feature. But yeah, to be able to do like play Gato Roboto or play Minute or play... I don't know, almost, you know, we could just go on forever. You know, there's just an endless supply of retro games that give me the same feelings I had yep. without having to blow on my cartridges and figure out, oh, let me get the rubbing alcohol out, which you can't even buy right now. So you're not supposed so, to blow on the cartridges, Kevin. You're supposed to use the rubbing alcohol. 90 plus percent. Oh, well. Come on, everybody knows that. All right. All right. <laughs> I know. But get either way, you know, just, just your cartridges. <laughs> but yeah just dealing with that is is always a hassle so yeah yes. I, i'm kind of in the same boat as you were i feel like just the conveniences and then all, all these retro collections and packages yep. and stuff like that you know they just make it so easy to own these games again it's like it's in, almost it, yeah. just not worth it unless you're actually in into formats. the collection like you know it's it's not even getting the exact same thing it's it's getting that rom maybe wrapped around like all new features in like you said the the modern conveniences of save states or you know even something as far as like um wild guns or ninja savior slash warriors that like made that sucker widescreen and added a couple of characters like that completely replaced that old version of that game to me in in my head i don't need to have both yeah or even something like Sonic Mania, yep. I'm not a huge fan of, but like, are you really going to play Sonic 2 again? Probably not. I, maybe. I don't know. But, but what about Sonic you, John? Sonic a better game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I know like Randall and I have a lot of like shared uh, collecting and stuff like that. But what about you, John? I know I, I don't really know much about your retro experiences. Yeah, I think like for me personally, like I'm like just barely younger than you guys like there's not a generational divide between us but like there there was a console generation divide between us so like i basically grew up with like a game boy and an n64 and like those were my like first consoles i had so like then since that was such like a huge shift a paradigm shift of between like 2d and 3d that like even like at the time, like I really wasn't interested in going back and like getting a Super Nintendo. So yeah, even like in the 2010s, like it was basically impossible to find like a working Super Nintendo or like anything like that. If you wanted to go back and like play like the history of the games, like what I ended up doing was like, I played a lot of like classic games on emulation like anything that wasn't re-released on the game boy advance so like a bunch of the super nintendo games that i got familiar with like were either ported or like re-released in some fashion but like i remember like trying to play like earthbound on like my parents computer in the <laughs> <basement>. <laughs> like same thing with like chrono trigger and like not really getting the same experience because like yeah, like one, I was playing it on a computer and not like a, a television. And let's say, were you using a keyboard when you were playing? Oh those? yeah, yeah, oh hundred <laughs> percent. And like, especially, I remember there was a part in Chrono Trigger where you had to play like you had to like press like a certain amount of keys like at the same time, but like oh, the gosh. latency on a keyboard was like so much more precise than a Super Nintendo controller, so uh... you could never technically hit the like 
buttons simultaneously. <laughs> so you had to map all the buttons that you needed to hit to the same keystroke. Oh my God. <laughs> Regardless. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, but yeah, like I didn't really have a, like, uh, I didn't feel the need to collect a lot of like older games because uh, basically what my collections were, were games that I had just amassed over the mm-hmm. course of like, a console generation so by the time like the wii came out like i had all of my n64 games and like the only way i could ever play them until like the virtual console actually started being a thing was like to hook up my n64 so like i was just totally. hoarding these games because like there was no precedent of them ever being re-released at the time yeah so yeah like the I, my options were either emulation or like games that i already owned and like that was pretty much how I played with them and like kind of do now, even to that fact, like especially since like I've been like a like I've owned every Nintendo system since the N64 and like I have like some of those games get re-released on Virtual Console, but that's completely at the whims of Nintendo <laughs> yep. when they decide it was like, yeah, I guess we can like eke out some more money from releasing Majora's Mask on Wii U. And I'll be like, yeah, I gave, I lent my expansion pack to a friend like in college. So uh, the only way I'm going to be able to play that is if I buy it again on Wii U. But never uh, lend out your expansion pack. You got to leave that sucker in, put that lid back on top, man. Should know better than that. We had to play Donkey Kong 64, though. I don't know about that. You can probably probably skip right over that one. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. But yeah, one, you know, one thing that's kind of a bummer because I knew we were going to be having this retro conversation and I, you know, I think we mentioned on a previous uh, episode of the podcast where there was that, or maybe we were talking off the air, but there's that uh, SNES drunk video where he talks about uh, like the 10 hardest, or maybe it's not a countdown, but it's like the hardest Super Nintendo games that aren't that hard. Yep. And I remember we were talking a little bit about Mega Man X and he's like, oh, if you d- take this approach through the game, it'll be a little bit easier. Yep. And I have the uh, Mega Man X uh, legacy collection on Switch. Uh, the cartridge As do and I. then uh, which only has like the volume one in the cartridge and then you get a download of volume two, which is a but uh, I started playing Mega Man X and I played a, I owned the cartridge as well and I've played a little bit and it's like I don't know. It's a pretty crummy package, man. It's like it the it was really like laggy and like <sighs> the, the input delay was like noticeable enough to where it bothered me and then but it was even like way more slowdown than i would ever experience on the super nintendo like huh. choppiness like it was it was actually just bot like especially when it's like hey this is supposed to be like the definitive mega man collection right. you know mm-hmm. i was all i was all excited uh that they just released those me- that mega man zero collection or the yeah. zx zero collection yeah mm-hmm. and i was like oh i've never i had one of them on ds i think i had like mega man advent or zx advent yep um but i never really played it and i was like oh I'm, i was kind of pumped i was actually thinking about checking those out but after playing the mega man x collection i don't think yeah i don't think so if, if this bummer. is the level of the package no way um, that's too bad very disappointed in that package yeah um they didn't treat that with that much care as they should have yeah yeah i felt that way about the first one too the yeah. like, like the original mega, mega man, man legacy package I'm, I'm even a little more familiar with those you know dj and i at one point played through all six of the original mega man games on the nes nice and so like that one it was even more noticeable to me like the input lag i'm just so familiar like the controls of those mega oh, man yeah. games on the nes are just baked into my brain yep so it, yeah it just felt 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm actually probably going to get rid of those cartridges. I I'm, I don't see myself ever playing them. So. Dang. <laughs> Um, but thankfully I do still have my, so, you know, as we're having this conversation there, maybe there's a reason to hold yeah. on to those retro cartridges. But like oh, you said, yeah. though, when there's I mean, something I, like wild guns, yes, where they, where they just full blown, but then again, see it, I, they just put wild guns on the super Nintendo online service on the switch, they did. which you can play that online. And I don't think wild guns reloaded has online play. I so it's like, I believe so. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah, there's all kinds of reasons, I guess, to to take many different avenues. Obviously, that's just the the on the switch service. That's just kind of included with your online subscription. So. Right. But I thought that was kind of a curious choice to pick that game um, when there's already a, a, a technically superior version of it. You know, that's who may wanted but, that money, man. Like, here you yeah. go. And it's, it's a great, great game. game. I mean, in, either way, in either like, form, you yeah. should you should play that game one way or the other. There's not many games like it either. So. It's cool yeah. that it's widely available. Yeah, and it's like a yeah, it's like a gallery shooter, but with a little tint of platforming in there. You know, just a li- not platforming, but just like at, you know, you're controlling a character and mm-hmm. not just a cursor on the screen. So, and before the Wild Guns re-releases, that that cartridge was extremely expensive. So to now have that widely available in a couple different formats is is super cool. As far as I'm concerned, I love that they're doing stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, especially the ones and and even stuff like Streets of Rage Four, like we talked about. Yeah. Actually, didn't you get that cartridge, Randall? I saw you playing on the Switch, or that you booted it up. No, uh, in fact, what I so <laughs> so actually with that, so I have Wii U arcade sticks that I bought on clearance Ooh. during the Wii uh-huh. U days, and they're they're nice. They're like the actual like tournament edition, like Mad Cats arcade sticks, yeah. but for Wii nice. U which means they have things like the home button, which is still obviously a thing from Wii U to, you know, from Wii to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and all those things still work. Uh, granted, you need to have this, like, 8-bit dough um, USB adapter so that it can send out, like, a Bluetooth signal or whatever, but it totally works. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I do not have the cartridge yet because it's through limited runs, so they, they, like, do a pre-order, and then it's months and months before you mm-hmm. get your actual cartridge, but I was not going to wait months and months. And Tina likes to play these games with arcade sticks and we had arcade sticks, but for switch. <laughs> so I bought it again. Um, <laughs> all right. Just total sucker. I, you know, cause I'm playing, I'm playing time spitter on game pass and I'm playing this on game pass. So yep. I'm, I'm playing for free, baby. I know, right? Randall's just shelling out limited run. I know. Um, no, but it, it is really cool to have. Like I am kind of jealous of like, again, because the art and the music and oh, like yeah. the cares of the little bit I've played of time spinner so far. Yeah. But even that's another example of like, again, like these 16 bit Metroidvania style games, like yep. with this modern is, you touches. know, a, Yep. Yeah, with a menu. Again, you can swap with the shoulder button, even just having more buttons on the controller. You yep. know, sometimes they can go a little overboard, but I think overall, I think it's a, a nice thing to have. So but that I, did I do remind te- me of another point of something that I do like about retro games in that like while i'll still like pull out my game gear which has two face buttons on it besides the start button right two yep. buttons two buttons yep. but i will turn that sucker yeah. on and play it because there's something to be said for creativity through limitations too right and oh, they are yeah. forced yep. to only use two buttons or three buttons or four buttons or even six buttons 
compared to the multitude of button options you have on all the modern controllers where it's everything's pretty universal now besides just where the joysticks are oriented. But back in the day, it wasn't that way. And, you know, they had to make different versions or totally different games for each platform because of the limitations of, you know, not only the the system chips, but the controllers themselves. And yeah, I, I like to turn on something like an NES or a Game Gear that's got practically two buttons and play Game those games Boy with those limitations. With the two face buttons and the two shoulder buttons. Yeah, right? I know. Yes. Well, that's still a dumb decision by Nintendo. Why wouldn't you oh, put no, four face the buttons on that thing? Come on, man. Need no, you needed those. But still, they had cool, unique <laughs> games that they could make with four buttons and, you know, tons of great, like, 16-bit experiences. Really, that's kind of almost where it started, where, like, there were companies making new 16-bit games because of the Game Boy Advance. And I was so psyched for that system. Oh, you know, yeah. Comes out and they got a new Castlevania game just like right out the gate. Like, whoa, yeah. this is the first time in a while, right? A real 2D one. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, been, a, I've been a handheld guy for most of my life. Like, that has been my predominant, well, usually my favorite system of any console generation is whatever version of Game Boy or DS was mm-hmm. out for a while. So, like, I, I did play like a ton of like, re-releases through those games but like totally yeah like there is just like a period of time where like the only games i was playing were new ones because like it was just either impossible to find old ones like i remember uh like when i was like still buying games for playstation even though i didn't own one because like again everybody had one no matter who i was (laughs) living with at the time i would (laughs) be able to play it and like, yep. I was like, uh, on a whim, I was like, oh, may- I'll look at, I heard uh, Final Fantasy VII's pretty good. I'll look to see how much that costs. And then like the only copies that were available at like a disc replay were $100. Ugh. And it's just like, I guess I'm never playing this game <sighs> until it yep. got released on Switch. <laughs> like, yep. And I got yeah. to play it like year, decades after it came out. <laughs> but... And again, with those quality of life improvements, I remember you using like the fast motion oh, liberally, yeah. if oh, I recall geez. correctly. I so never turned it off. That's a savior yeah. for something like that. It's yeah. old school yeah. JRPGs. Seriously. They just added Final Fantasy IX to Game Pass, so I'm pretty excited Ooh, to uh, the best maybe Final check Fantasy. Really? I've I've heard mostly good things from from everyone that I know. So it has the same uh skill acquiring system as the actually the the real best final fantasy final fantasy tactics advance oh there we go <laughs> you know i just say i'm like oh i'm excited to check that out i guarantee you and i will not talk yeah. about final fantasy 9 on this podcast by the end of the year <laughs> guaranteed but <laughs> but you never know you never know um but I don't know. Did you guys have anything more to to add on to the retro stuff or just in, in this conversation in general? I know we kind of didn't necessarily focus on retro per se, but just the general conversation. I've always got more to add about retro conversations, <laughs> Kevin. The, the one other thing that I did think that I kind of I, I kind of I, I briefly touched on it, but not fully, was that the other thing that still justifies having my systems like a turbo graphics or a dreamcast or you know these these kind of stranger off the cuff systems is these one off oddity games that like they were not commercial mm-hmm. successes a lot of these games they were like weird ideas that someone like a team or one person or a few people threw at a wall 
to see what would happen, right? And like it was before games like now in in 2020, like game design is is kind of more or less down to a science with a lot of these genres, but it wasn't so back, you know, even by, you know, turn of the century. Um and I just love those weird, odd games that, you know, they've got a lot of clunkiness to them, but there's also a lot of heart and a lot of just interesting things going on. Like, what do you guys think about that? No, I'm, I'm in uh, the exact same boat. And like, I, I think that is kind of the, like, uh, not necessarily downside of like, uh, maybe the past, like two decades of games where like, now like you can have an indie studio like put out something or like even just like one person put out a game but it'll still be like widespread and it's if they're releasing it in like independently it's typically on either pc or something that like uh like a steam platform which Mm -hmm. for the time being at least like is widely available to everyone and people could like save down a version of it but like I remember like when we were like discussing this, like, and I was, I think I brought up like evolution worlds for the GameCube (laughs) or originally for the Dreamcast. And like that game's never going to be re-released. That game's never going to be like touched again. And like I sold that to a GameStop years ago and like I regretted it because I'm never going to play that game ever again. Right. Like it wasn't necessarily the best experience, but it's something (laughs) that like, was unique to it like people made that game and created a whole world in it and like it's just inaccessible like unless it's i get it through emulation or something right like that like whole era of games that like came out and like the you know n64 like through wii era that like yeah you know weren't commercial successes but like or even like the uh like what what would i forget and there's a better there's a nicer term than shovelware but like <laughs> all of the like games that were made for like every like intellectual property like yeah. sure oh, here's a 2d platformer with the powerpuff girls like yeah this sure. is on the game boy now like yep and like all, yeah. but all of those are like unique experiences that like Some of a team of people good. made Right. Yeah. yeah. But like, I know people hype up that Kim Possible 2 game on Game Boy Advance all the time. <laughs> but like you like where are you going to get that? Where like right. you can't experience that unless like you got it as like a gift in 2003. Well, especially those games cuz then there's a license attached to them too, so that's even right. more complicated to get re-released on a modern platform. Absolutely. Exactly. Right. Like uh yeah, it, there there's so many like time capsules that are in mm-hmm. games that like you kind of either have to like be there in the moment or they're lost forever time capsules yeah. a really good way of putting that yeah because i i think i well you were talking about that randall i'm like wondering if like unless you're somebody that's interested in like game design itself where you're like hey i want to look into like the history of you know the evolution of games or whatever if you're just kind of like a casual player you're probably not going to like boot up some sega saturn games right and be like, hey this i'm having a great time <laughs> you know you might but but you but could I, have I, a great time you, with diehard arcade or something weird no, like that's that a, that's great games but don't you think do you, but do you think if you never played that because like i played Die Hard arcade like in the arcade and i played it obviously at your place yes. right? like i have some some connection to it or yes. at least a connection to that era like i think if 
you know, someone if if, you know, 10 years from now, if Fiona is playing some games and she's <laughs> like, you know, I don't know that she's going to be blown away by diehard arcade. I'm like going to make are, her play you know, it, though. Taken. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a game I'm going to play with her. Like, that game is amazing. Yes. So yeah, and there, there's another game that's never probably going to get never with all the licensing yeah. stuff. So like, yeah, I mean, now that we're talking about this, I'm like missing my collecting like because there there was like that man that rush of like going to a store. Oh yeah, and I can't remember again. I can I can never remember what we talk about on the podcast and like off the air before and after. But right. like, I just know like going to all those stores and driving around the state and I love you know that, just. Man. It's oh man, just getting that find and getting that game that like oh I, I kind of remember hearing about this on Racket Boy. I'm yeah, not sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember this game being good. I think it was on their like you know hardcore 101 list yep, or whatever yep. it was. Like I, that was such a resource and yep. like you know or even yeah when they first started bringing like the import stuff on the virtual console on the Wii oh, like yeah, Do Re Mi Fantasy deal. and stuff. Like that was yeah. So Sin now that they're punishment. doing stuff like that on the Switch, yep. oh yeah, that was man. We could go on forever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even that, you know, Sin and Punishment that spawned like they actually made a sequel yeah. here in America that came, you know, that was released everywhere. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, for the Wii. So I mean, that's it, it, there is there's a lot of good that can come from these retro revivals, you know, that Absolutely. sometimes they can kind of seem like a little bit of a cash grab yeah. and maybe in the case of the Mega Man legacy collection, maybe <laughs> it is, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm for the most part, I'm just happy about the state of games as they are. Cause Absolutely. We can pretty much, you can pretty much get any kind of fix that you want, whether you like the retro stuff, whether you like the modern stuff, whether you want a little mix of everything, you can, you can get all of it. So definitely it's a much more bountiful really, world that way, as far as, video games and your your options are concerned oh yeah yeah there's hardly anything to complain about but yep. uh but i think we can pretty much wrap it up there this week guys we've been talking long enough yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds good well uh as always you can find us on the internet we're at pursuingpixels.com. you can uh follow us or join our uh, discord server and then we've also got you know we're on twitter we're on instagram um where else are we guys is that pretty much everything those are the places we like the most yeah, that'll yeah. link you we're to fa- any any yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, we're on Facebook, but it's just streaming it from what we post on Instagram. So we're not we're not checking Facebook, guys. So don't leave us any messages there. Right. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. As always, we'll uh, catch you next week, and uh, take care. Bye. 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 You're losing your edge. Losing my mind. Once, <laughs> tell me I'm fine. <laughs> Nothing's alright. I can't. All I can picture is just like the camera from the music video, like just shaking right in his face. This way. I actually really liked that song. For I still really like that song. We were all come years old once. Hell yeah. yeah.